Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, God is so good. I just love the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you found yourself blessed today. I truly do. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what kind of struggles you have or what kind of victories you're walking in. I don't know if your countenance is uplifted or downtrodden. I don't, I don't know much about your life. There are certain assumptions I can make, same as you can make certain assumptions about mine. I'll tell you, I got the privilege of speaking with somebody recently. They're not a believer. At this time, they're not at a place where they want to be a believer. They want to cling to their beliefs. But one thing I can say that this person and many people that I encounter every day, they're clinging to beliefs that they know they can't defend. They want to believe it, but they're not finding any hope in those beliefs. But they're persevering, looking for something to blame in life aside from the failure of the place they're putting their hope in. Is, am I making sense to you? There are people who believe certain things about God, about uh, spirituality, about um, being strengthened. Perhaps uh, they uh, worship uh, they they believe in a in a god but they worship nature or they perhaps they put their faith in the spirits um, in the collective synergy of all creation various things and their life is falling apart and being fractured and I want to shout out to them, where does your hope come from? But they're not in a place to truly receive the gospel in a direct way. And this is a failure of many believers. We see a person who doesn't believe in uh, Christ crucified, and the first thing we want to do is rush in there and begin hammering away Christ crucified. And although this is the truth, to open the, the, the discourse with them, with this fact, when first, not first de determining whether or not they're even in a place to, to hear it, and I'm not talking about to receive salvation at that moment. I'm talking about a place to hear, to listen, understand the gospel needs to be spoken. Now first, you need to live it. What a, a wonderful man of God once used the illustration of somebody who made him cookies uh, quite frequently. And he said, if they just gave me a, a 
cookies and kept making me cookies. I would think they're a nice person who uh, wanted to give me a cookie, that they loved me and wanted to give me a cookie. But if they're using those cookies to promote the gospel and they never said, here are some cookies, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you, then I would just go on thinking they were just a nice person who wanted to give me cookies. I would never know that the things they are doing had anything at all to do with Jesus Christ crucified. I wouldn't think it had anything to do with salvation, with hope. All too often we as believers, we want to uh, do one of two things. We want to be passive in our sharing of the gospel. We go and we'll do nice things. I've been privileged to work for many years uh, facilitating mission teams, Christian mission teams coming from all over the country uh, to help other people. And one of the greatest failings that I have seen in that type of mission work is they will come in all fired up to do something tangibly good for the kingdom of God in somebody's life and they'll go and do something but when they don't share the gospel message all the person that they helped gets when they walk when this team leaves all they're left with is this wonderful thing that's been done to them by these very kind people but the teams who come in and do this work and use this work as an opportunity to share the hope of Jesus Christ, these are the people who find success in what they're doing. Now, both teams have built a ramp or remodeled a home or, or fixed a bathroom or a kitchen. But one team found genuine kingdom success because they shared the gospel message while doing this good work. Whereas the other team did this good work, but never conveyed the gospel message. If we bake cookies for somebody to express God's love to them, we need to share the gospel message with them. Why are we baking these cookies? Why have we given these cookies to them? I baked these cookies and given them to you because I want you to know that you matter. There's a God who loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave his son to die for you. Now back to this person that I got the privilege of talking with who wasn't in a position uh, mentally to receive the gospel directly I listened patiently as they shared what was going on in their life and they talked about their faith I didn't ask about their faith they wanted to share their faith with me and I listened something in me was revolted by what they were saying because what they were saying is so contrary to who God is but I listened and when it was appropriate for me to take my turn to speaking and they had followed up with saying I know you believe different than me but I'm so glad that you can see that we agree on some things 
And everything in me wanted to put my foot down right then and just stomp down and say, wait a minute, stop, put the brakes on. We don't agree on anything. But I waited for my turn to speak because this was to be a friendly discourse and not a hostile discourse because when it becomes a hostile conversation, they will shut down their ears and not receive the words you have to say. You must understand, particularly here in America, there are many people who have, who have preconceived notions of, of what Christianity is, have been hurt by Christians, or people who claim to be Christians. Our places in these situations is to walk in gently and patiently and build relationship even if it's only for the brief time we get to know them that when they leave they cannot deny the gospel message through our actions our behavior and our words so when it was my turn I, I said I appreciate and understand what you're saying I will have to say that I don't agree with the things you said. Now, that's not to say that the, some of the things that you've said are not true. But what I can tell you is about the God who interrupted my life and gave me hope, because that's what it comes down to. And you have to understand, in this situation, we were talking about hope, whether this person realized it or not. They were expressing their sense of hopelessness in life and their sense of, of how the world and everybody around them and even within themselves a battle raging that said that this person had no worth, no value, was worthless. And that another part of them just wanted to cry out and say, but I matter, I count I have value. You see, it was coming down to the simple fact of hope. Hope that we matter. Hope that we're loved. Hope that we count. And so, as I listened to them, I was able to engage them with the gospel coming from the place that they were at. I wasn't coming from them as if they just spoke a bunch of words to me and I completely ignored without acknowledging the value of their words because even though their faith is, their belief system is different than, than the truth, the fact that they're sharing from their heart matters and it counts and it does have value. And when we just trample over top of them, the message we're sending them is your words don't count, your thoughts don't count, your opinions don't count. The message we send to them in our actions is they don't count, even if we're trying to share the gospel and say that they do count. So we have to engage people and share the gospel from their terms. And I will refer you to Paul, who took time in Athens to go and look at all. This was a city that loved to debate and discourse. Um, and they had all these idols up. 
and Paul took time to walk around and look at all these things and contemplate and, and compose his discussion. And he came to one that said to the unknown God, and that became the door for him to bring the gospel message into that city. Be gentle, firm, knowledgeable, and bold, and share the gospel message. Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah.